Hey, welcome to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis, and on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And we've got an important topic for you this week. We, we do every week, really, because all this is, is relates to where we are in life and marriage. But I think this is one that's timely that we can all relate to in some degree. And it's about how to, how to work through disappointment and discouragement mm-hmm. individually and as a couple in marriage. And I think that there are a lot of factors that can that can link to this, whether it's being in quarantine for a long time or whether yeah. it's uh, just kind of putting our faith and hope in our own expectations or in the opinions of other people and things mm-hmm. that are out of our control. But we're going to talk through healthy ways to work through what's such a part of the, the human experience and what God says about this. But first, my brilliant and beautiful wife has got her sexy reading glasses on because she is about to read a review. And, uh, and thank you, by the way, for those who leave reviews on the podcast. We read everyone. They encourage us so much. So, sweetie, why don't you share one with us? All right. So today we're going to share one from Amos Chelsea, and it's entitled Game Changer. And it says, this podcast has been so eye-opening, not only for my marriage, but also for my individual growth. My parents got divorced when I was eight, and I have never had the opportunity to see what marriage is intended to look like. I grew up in a toxic environment, so the influences I did have were mostly negative. I love that I can use your practical advice in my marriage and finally have some sort of model to look to. God is using you guys to change change lives. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much, Amos and Chelsea, for leaving that. We really appreciate you doing that. And, you know, before we dive into today's episode, we want to tell you about this important resource. Hey, friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them, and that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me. And I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. I'm really glad we're talking about this topic today because I do think that all of us can relate. Even if we're not currently going through this, we maybe will in the future or maybe we have in the past. And we're talking about discouragement and and just feeling disappointed kind of with life. All of us go through this. You know, Dave and I have been married almost 20 years and we've certainly had moments of this. And, And what I've found too, it's usually not us at the same time. Sometimes it is, but usually it's kind of us trading off. We always kind of kind of laugh it off a little bit just to, to provide some levity to the situation and say, oh, we're, we're taking turns, you know, doing this. But everybody goes through times of discouragement and disappointment. But the reason we wanna talk about this today is when one spouse is going through that and another spouse isn't, even if it has nothing to do with the marriage, like even if you feel fine about your marriage, but you're just kind of, you're just kind of disappointed with where life, your life is at the moment, it can really cause a disconnect in marriage. And that's where problems can kind of come up because we start maybe doing things we weren't doing in order to make ourselves not feel discouraged or disappointed. 
Yeah, it's so true. And and this is, like Ashley said, just kind of part of the human experience. And as Christians, you know, we have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're called to have joy even in, in difficult situations. However, um, we're also going to face discouragement. And as you read the Bible, you know, every hero of the faith that we look to went through seasons of discouragement. Yes. Even Jesus himself was was called a man of many sorrows and experienced real discouragement. When you read the Psalms, which are so joyful in parts, but a huge number of the Psalms are called Psalms of Lament, yeah. where it's essentially, you know, just like a crying out to God in a season of discouragement. And I love how honest the Bible is about the whole life journey and the whole faith journey, that it's not always going to be upbeat. We're not always going to feel on top of the world. Sometimes we're going to feel down in the darkest valley, what some people call the dark night of the soul. And in those times, I think we can experience God's presence like never before, and we can grow like never before. But if we're not careful, those seasons can turn into a lifestyle. And while discouragement is is going to happen sometimes. We're not called to live there. We're not called to be defined by it. We're not called to stay there. And if we're not careful, the choices we make in those seasons of discouragement can really be, you know, reckless and hurtful to the ones around us. And so we need to learn um, how to navigate it in a healthy way. You know, we don't have to pretend like uh, like we're we're happy 100% of the time. You know, when right. we're not, because that's not being authentic. But at the same time, we can't let our own discouragement or disappointment. Uh, turn into a time for reckless and selfish decisions or a time to blame and hurt the people who love us most. Right. And that's when it can take real damage on a marriage. And so we just want to talk a little bit today about how to navigate discouragement. And, and right now, as we're recording this, you know, most of us have been in a long season of quarantine with COVID-19. Hopefully, we're coming to an end of that. Um, and so just globally, we're kind of facing a unique season of of, of hardship but even if you're listening to this years down the road, um, and that's a long distant memory, hopefully, uh, there are always going to be those seasons of, of discouragement and navigating them wisely is, is such an important part of life and marriage. You know, it is. When, when I think about discouragement and disappointment, it brings me right back to, I think it was like in the early years of our marriage, we didn't have children quite yet. And, and Dave and I, we, we were at a church where I had grown up and we wanted to, as a married couple, we wanted to do something, volunteer in some way, be part of a small group. And we were so excited. And so that was going on. And, and I think we were involved in different, like I was involved in a capacity. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think I was on the worship team at the time. And, and there was this email that was sent that I wasn't supposed to see where I wasn't gonna be included in some singing group. And I remember normally that wouldn't have bothered me, but because I had grown up in this church and I'd been on the worship team, it bothered me so much. And so that was kind of one disappointment. And then we were like calling all these people, trying to get involved. And it was like, no one would call us back. And so that was another disappointment. And then I think I just graduated college and I'd applied for all these jobs, didn't get one call back to the job, had to go to a, a temp agency. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I went through all this and now I'm at a temp agency. So that was another disappointment because life was not looking like what I thought. Because I had in my head expectations that when I got married, you know, Dave and I would then lead this ministry at church. I would do still go on the worship team. And then I would get my dream job right out of college. And then we would live happily ever after. But you know, life never really goes exactly as we think it's gonna go. And and so in the in those kind of years, there was, you know, several years of this, I really let it mess with me. I really, instead of going to the Lord right away and saying, God, what do you want me to learn from this? I really just kind of had a pity party. And I remember in those times, Dave, you know, 
he didn't tell me to snap out of it because that's like the last thing a disappointed or discouraged person wants to hear is snap out of yeah, it. Yeah. But I do remember him listening. Like, and I remember I would have these little rants where I'd be like, can you believe this? They didn't send me this email or can you believe this? We haven't gotten called back after weeks. And can you believe this, that this job, I had the perfect credentials and they didn't call me. And I really had this pity party and he would, he would just smile he would listen to me and bless his heart. He was super patient during that time. But I remember he would always tell me, I'm so sorry, sweetie. I'm so sorry you're disappointed. But, you know, I, I bet there's gonna be something better that God has for us, but I'm so sorry. And, and what I love about that and why I'm sharing that with you is that he acknowledged my feelings, even if he didn't totally understand them and was like, she's acting kind of loony. He acknowledged my feelings. He validated them and said, I'm sorry. And that's what you can do as a spouse. Even if you don't understand it, you say like, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I'm so sorry that that is so discouraging and disappointing to you. But then he followed it up by reminding me of God's promise in our life that he's gonna work all those things, you know, to for our good and his glory. And what I found is when I really focused more on what God had in store and what I could learn from it is Dave and I started to pivot because God used those those years of disappointment and discouragement as a means to pivot us. Yeah, every and, time. And what we ended up doing in those years is we ended up finding another church. This is just a specific story. We found another church in town where we decided to check it out. It turned out they really needed our help. And we got very involved in the youth ministry. And when I look back at that time, those years of being heavily involved in the youth ministry were just so fruitful and he used us. He really used us not only to help the youth, but the youth really helped us. I mean, it was just a rich time of learning, of leading, of God really refining us. And if we had just, you know, kind of stayed where we were, just allowed it to make us bitter and disgruntled, we really wouldn't have come together as close in that time as we did as a married couple because we were doing ministry together. And it was, it was really cool to see how God did use that for our good and his glory. Yeah, and that's what he always does. Like, and I could list out a litany of disappointments that that I've had personally, professionally, in my health, in like yeah. anything where, again, it's this expectation of what I want life to look like, like Ashley said. Yeah. And then what's actually happening doesn't match, match that picture. But when I really look at it through the lens of faith, I, I can see every time that God was working it all together for good, right. as he promises that he will. And, and that's always been the story. You know, I think about like the Apostle Paul, um, 2,000 years ago, who wrote most of the New Testament. And th there are these times where he had all these plans that kept getting shut. The door just kept shutting. Like, well, I tried to go to Asia and and God shut the door on that. And then mm -hmm. I really had this desire to go to Spain and I was gonna preach the gospel there and God shut the door. And then, he, and then I end up in prison of all places, you know, like through no fault of my own here. I'm like, this isn't at all what I'd pictured and what I, I desired, but how God used those shut doors and disappointments to put him in prison and ultimately to Rome and through that journey where he could write the most powerful letters of the church that we still right. read today. You know, yes. the, you know, the book of Romans, you know, the book of Philippians, which was written from a prison cell. And these, uh, these places were birthed out of disappointment and, and, and failure in some way in Paul's mind, but he maintained this joy and this peace, even through discouragement, even through experiencing imprisonment and beatings and abandonment by friends and just any kind of disappointment a human can experience. And yet through that journey, God showed his faithfulness and God actually brought um, the most productive ministry of, of Paul's life in those times of great disappointments. And he'll do the same for us. And I need to remind myself of that because I'm one that's prone to disappointment. Like I can get discouraged 
really, really quickly when when things don't go exactly the way that I think that they should. Um, and I can just kind of live in that that funk. And thankfully, I have a spouse in Ashley who's really quick to help bring me out of that. And in marriage, we've got to be we've got to become experts in speaking your spouse's language of encouragement. Oh yeah. Because when we kick them while they're down or when we say you should you've got no right to feel that way or I've got it harder than you do and you're just being this or that, you're driving a wedge between the two of you instead of creating an opportunity of real healing by listening to each other, supporting each other, learning those unique ways to bring encouragement to your spouse in his or her moments of disappointment. I'm telling you, this is this is one of the biggest distinctives between healthy couples that remain best friends and partners throughout life and those who, who uh, just kind of struggle through and maybe in, even end in divorce is learning to encourage each other instead of diminishing you know, when your spouse is hurting or discouraged, diminishing their feelings. And instead saying, I want to encourage you. I want to build you up. Yeah. And if you'll do that, it'll make all the difference. You know, it really does. And, and like Dave said, I mean, we've had this happen so many different times. And I think it's just really important, like Dave said, not to point fingers and be like, what's wrong with you? Because that that just that just ignites kind of a fire and a fight between spouses that isn't good. You know, it just kind of, it's like slapping them in the face and saying what you're feeling isn't isn't right and you need to snap out of it and that your feelings aren't aren't valued as a spouse and just in general and that you're stupid. I mean, that's kind of what you're saying when you're like, what's wrong with you? And and so we've got to we've got to validate. I can't emphasize that enough. We really need to validate the feelings, even if we don't understand them or we wouldn't see it the same way. We have to say, you know, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. But I also think we need to also be really in tune to if this is a prolonged issue, because you know everybody does go through times of disappointment and discouragement. But if it if it's very prolonged, sometimes you do need to bring in like a counselor. And there were year, years ago, I remember Dave went through a time where you know he wasn't in like a a full on depression, but there was a prolonged season of disappointment. And as one who went through an actual depression many years ago and who sought counsel, I remember I came to you one day, sweetie, and I was like, listen. I know you're a counselor all the time. Like you're the pastoral counselor. You're always giving advice. You're always pouring out. But I just notice in your eyes and in our conversations that you're going through a season of disappointment. And it's more than just a short time. I mean, this is this has been kind of a pattern. A long funk. A long funk. And I said, sweetie, why don't you talk to somebody? And, and he, he kind of, I mean, it's funny. Sometimes when you're, they say like doctors don't want to go to doctors. Well, in the same way, sometimes counselors don't want to go to counselors. And, and he at first was like, oh, I don't know if I need that. I mean, it's not that bad. And I'm like, listen, I'm your wife. I'm telling you it's that bad. Like you're not yourself. And so he did. He finally went, set up a time with an awesome counselor in our town at the time in Georgia. And, and what did you say after seeing that counselor? Do you it was, remember? It was so helpful. He and said it, it was freeing. It was. It was so healthy to like sit, you know, with this, uh, this, this Dr. Dr. Kennedy. You know, he was this much older, wise guy who just has so much life experience and such a calming presence and great perspective. Yeah. Um, and how he just kind of helped me look at things through a different lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to be able to talk through some things and it, it unearthed some issues that I hadn't right. even really thought about being issues. It was so healthy and it's so healthy. And um, I would just encourage you in that. And I would also encourage you to listen to your spouse. Yeah. You know, that's that's about the only smart thing I did in that season is just recognize, <laughs> well, if Ashley is saying this is an issue, I don't want my pride to step in and say there's not. Um, if your spouse comes to you and says, listen, I, I think that 
you would benefit from this. Like you're not yourself. Yeah, don't you know? bristle up and say, what are you talking about? You know, instead really listen because they know you better than anybody and validate what they're saying and feeling and trust their judgment to say, you know what, maybe I, I could benefit. They're, they yeah. want nothing but good things for me. And so I want to listen to this. And I'm so thankful that I did because it was, it was really helpful. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier. And junk is sometimes more convenient. And we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a, a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or 10 bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it Get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. But I also want to say a lot of times where we see discouragement come into play, and I know we kind of joke about it as a society, but this usually comes into play when we're kind of in those midlife years. And we joke about it. We're kind of there, okay? Kind of. There. Dave's I'm, more there than me. I always like to just remind him of I'm that. I'm a couple years older, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big couple years, so. Oh, goodness. And it's kind of a, there's a wide spectrum to midlife, you know, crises, and we all kind of can experience this in different ways, but really what it's all about, you know, the stereotypical midlife crisis is someone going out and getting a motorcycle or a or a fast car or doing something crazy to their hair or getting a surgery or something. I mean, or, like or that's what we all equate it with, like, being reckless. You know, leaving your wife for a 20-year-old girlfriend or right. you know, something that's just completely way out of bounds. Um, but I think for a lot of us, the, the midlife crisis, and, and to be frank, I feel like I'm kind of there, like not in a stereotypical way. I haven't bought a motorcycle or gotten a tattoo or anything, but... <laughs> But it's it's kind of this, ha- if, if, if life is like a, a football or basketball game and you're in the halftime years, right. halftime is that place where you get out of the game and you, you kind of reflect on the first half, what's working, what's not working, and then develop a game plan for the next half. And so I've been just kind of in a lot of reflection of like, what have, what have I done? 
well? What have I done that hasn't worked? What do I want to learn and grow through this? And and then I'll get frustrated when I can't get a clear game plan for what needs to happen yes. next. And well, you don't have clarity. I don't have clarity. The you're word. smiling. You're like <laughs> laughing over there at my, at my uh, midlife crisis. I'm, it's not funny. I'm just laughing because we get this. Like discouragement is, and, and, and disappointment and, and, you know, it's it's just something everybody goes through. But the midlife crisis, I think that instead of doing something crazy reckless, for most of us, it's just this time where we're a little disappointed with something in our life. And it could even be like, you know, we were just talking about this morning about friendships that we feel like maybe we didn't do a good enough job of holding on to after we've moved so many times. Yeah, I, I mean, things on that. I mean, like that. Frankly, you know? I got hit like a, a guy who's, one of my dearest friends from from college in our wedding was in our wedding and and we kind of like you know fell out, out of touch and we kind of reconnected on Facebook recently and and he wrote um and he was just like hey I've got to confess that I was kind of like harboring some resentment toward you because you know years ago uh you know my mom died and and you said you know reach out I want to be there for you and I I called and you didn't call me back and it just hurt me and it's hurt me you know for years and 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 honestly, I couldn't even remember the details of that. Um, right. I, I don't remember clearly, you know, not calling back. I, I'm sure I didn't because, you know, he was hurt by it. But I didn't even remember the details to know exactly what was going on and how I would have had such a, an insensitive oversight. But it really hit me and made me think like, my gosh, like what other blind spots have I had for me right. to drop the ball as a friend in such such a big such a big way and, and oh, damage yeah. a friendship that that uh, that really, you know, really mattered and still matters to me. Um, and so I, I, I do think that this is a season of life just kind of reflecting back of like, what have been my blind spots and what do I need to look at differently moving forward and dealing with disappointment. Disappointment and discouragement are always, always linked. And that's kind of like why we're talking about both at the same time. And all of us have some levels of disappointment of, you know, life hasn't gone the way that we, we pictured. Mm -hmm. And when we're dealing with disappointment, it can be really sensitive in marriage because your spouse can think, well, if you're disappointed in your life in some way, and I, as your spouse, am like the most significant part of your life, then it's hard for me to hear that you're disappointed without taking it personally. Right. To feel like, well, you are you are you disappointed in me? Do you feel like I'm holding you back? And and in in my situation, I've truly never had any disappointment that was Ashley's fault or even connected to her. She's the greatest joy in my life, but. Uh, at, at the same time, like I, I want to always reassure her that that I'm, I'm feeling disappointment right now, but this is not you. I'm so thankful for you. But what do you do in those situations where you feel like your spouse is disappointed with you? Oh yeah. And how do you navigate that? Um, and I think that's where a lot of folks folks are, and they, it kind of right. creates this division and divide in marriage that uh, that can make a season of disappointment lead to a season of divorce, and that's certainly not what what we want. So how do we how do we navigate that? Well, again, I mean, I think it's just so important for us to keep on talking because I think what happens in a lot of these situations is we are disappointed. We don't vocalize it. And what it turns into is resentment and it turns into anger, harbored anger, which is just gets worse as time goes on. And then one day, you know, you're, they do something, it literally the straw that breaks the camel's back and we just unleash. And we're like, I've always hated this about our life and you never did this. And if I had married that guy over there, he would have never done this to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like that, that's just, that's so toxic. And so we've got to, when that, when that disappointment starts to creep in, we need to go to our spouse in a calm way, in a loving way and say, listen, you may not have been it this way, give him the benefit of the doubt. But I just feel like, 
you know, you're not doing this this thing that is disappointing to me. You know, you're you're not communicating to me in this way or or whatever promise they made to you that maybe they broke. Maybe it was something that they told you they would do and they've never really done it. And so you're super disappointed. You've got to go to them. Don't don't let days and weeks and months go by and just get ang- angrier by the day. Go to them and say, listen, I don't wanna feel this way towards you. I don't wanna feel let down, but you did let me down. And you know, can we talk about this? Because I don't know if it was me having expectations that were unrealistic or if it was you dismissing my expectations or if it was me not being clear about my expectations because it could be any of those things or more and really talk through that. And if your spouse comes to you and says, you let me down, do not get defensive, okay? I think it's so, that's what we wanna do as human beings. We wanna get defensive and say, whatever, you let me down every day. I mean, I've been disappointed for 10 years, you know? (laughs) Like that's what we wanna do because you know that pride gets in the way of healthy communication. And instead we need to say, Oh my gosh, I I had no idea. Like I I didn't mean it that way at all. Tell me exactly what it was that let you down because I do not want to do that again. Yeah, and communication, we always come back to it. Communication is key. And as you communicate, do it with respect, with thoughtfulness, with tenderness in your tone, not with accusation. That's huge. A couple other things I think can help you through seasons of discouragement. Uh, number one, find what recharges your batteries. You know, in our house, there's an epidemic of every phone being dead all the time. Dave's the only one who because charges I, not things. Not to brag, I'm not good at many things, but I am it. awesome at plugging stuff in. You are. And I'm the only one in the house who has that particular gift yes. because all the other phones are usually dead and I'm <laughs> going around plugging them in all day. So <laughs> as a public service, if I ever die, please check on my family. Because I have let you down in that. All, you said I've never let you down. I have let you down okay, in that way. That's the one thing. I have let you dead, down. Dead phones and I'm sorry. unnecessarily. So, <laughs> but I'm like, it's so easy. If you just, if you plug it in, you don't wait for it to get all the way on empty to start thinking about when I'm going to plug this in, but you keep it plugged in regularly. Um, then right. it'll never be dead. And it, it, it's the same with our body, our health, our soul, all of it. Don't wait until you're just on red, on complete empty to think, well, I should probably think about doing something to kind of recharge me because by that point, you're in the danger zone. It might, it, you know, it, it's gonna cause unnecessary stress. But all along, consistently do things for your mind, body, soul to help you recharge. Figure out what that is. You know, for me, it's it's um, it's going on a run. For me, it's it's, you know, starting the day early and having some some quiet time to just meditate on God's word and pray, or to sit outside on a pretty day and read a read a book just purely for inter- for entertainment and enjoyment. Um, help your spouse find what recharges them, and recognize it might not be what recharges you, and support them in that. Don't say, "Well, you shouldn't need that. I don't need a nap. You shouldn't need a nap, or I don't need this. You shouldn't need it." Help them be at their best. Don't make them feel bad for the way that God wired them as if God made a mistake. Celebrate the fact that you're different and help them recharge. And at the same time, take extreme ownership. I read a book by Navy SEALs fairly recently called Extreme Ownership, which is great. The the whole gist of the book is, is Navy SEALs lead by taking ownership over every part of their life. They don't blame things on circumstances. They don't blame things on other people or on the mission or whatever. They say, I'm gonna take ownership over every aspect of this and not blame anybody. And sometimes in our own life and marriage, we have to take extreme ownership. Like, I'm not gonna blame my boss that I don't like my job. I'm not gonna blame, you know, anybody I'm gonna take ownership and say, I'm responsible for for my health. I'm responsible for making sure I'm recharged. I'm responsible for being a good spouse. And I'm gonna do that each and every day. And 
things will improve if we'll do that consistently. Absolutely. I just want to say, I want to add eating some Halo Top ice cream with a little bit of a chocolate yes. syrup is also one it's way that you of my recharge. Recharge actually gets me some ice cream that's, you know, sort of healthy. Sort of healthy. It makes me feel better about overindulging. And so you're right. See, she, it's not her thing at all. I stock up on that stuff. But she for you. stocks up because it encourages me. And that's just being a good spouse. Like, that's just being a good. I keep, I keep you charged up. You do. May not keep my oh, phone or my computer. You keep me charged up <laughs> real good. Probably. I walked right into that one right there. Sorry. <laughs> so, yes. So, yes. You got you to gotta keep, keep recharging those batteries. That's right. All right. And with that, we're going to move into one of our favorite parts of the podcast, and that is our Q&A. Q&A. And if you would like to leave a question for us that you want to be answered on the podcast, you can do that at nakedmarriagepodcast.com. And so today's question is a really good one, and I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. It says, first, I want to say that you guys are awesome. Wow, thank Thank you so much. Awesome in all caps. Thank you. You, Yeah, you guys are awesome. (laughs) It says, my husband and I have been listening to your podcast for close to a year now, and you have improved our marriage tremendously. My question is regarding making your spouse an idol. My husband has struggled with self-esteem issues since he was a child. He had divorced parents, a toxic father, etc. Because of this, he is only able to see his worth through others' eyes, mainly me. This puts an uncomfortable expectation on me to give him validation in a way that I am just unable or ill-equipped to fulfill. This to me is what you should seek Jesus about. Because of my failed expectations, anytime my views clash with my husband's, he immediately feels inadequate, discouraged, and unworthy. He is in a Christian counseling right now and working on this, but it has significantly magnified since he is now acknowledging all these deeply buried feelings. How can I help him make Jesus the center of his life and understand that disagreeing doesn't mean he isn't worthy? Hopefully this made sense. Thank you for all you do. Yeah, that's Thank you so much for that question. Yeah. Thank you for that. And first off, um, it's great that he's in counseling. And and it actually says a lot with counseling. It's such a healthy, healthy thing, but it often feels worse before it gets better because you are unearthing um, so many of these things. All of us, all of us wrestle in one extent or another with, uh, with looking at our validation for our validation through other people. And we need to always find our validation through God's eyes. And there's a book that I'm going to recommend right now. Um, that I don't think I've ever recommended on the podcast, and yet it's it's one that's impacted me uh, nearly as much as anything that I've ever read, and it's specifically about this issue. The book is called um, Abba's Child mm-hmm. by Brennan Manning, A-B-B-A, Abba's Child. Abba being the, the term for father that Jesus used to talk to his heavenly father and our heavenly father, and it's the most intimate term in that language. It's, it's like saying dad or papa or daddy even, and recognizing that, we are who we are when we see ourselves through that lens. We're Abba's child. That's yeah. He's my dad. He's my father, my creator, my savior and friend, and the only one who can really validate my soul. Yeah. And the way that it's written um, by Brennan Manning, uh, is uh, it's so simple, beautiful, powerful, and profound. And so in addition to the counseling, whatever else your husband's doing, um, I would encourage you both to read that book together. It's not a marriage book, uh, but it is one that I think could help you both um, really reestablish your identity in Christ and then support that in each other, validate that in each other without either of you feeling like you have to find your soul's worth through each other's eyes because God's already given you that. Absolutely. I know that book just had a huge impact on Dave many years ago, but I, would, I want to recommend another resource that actually impacted me, and that is a book called The Search for Significance by Robert McGee. It's been around a long time. It actually has, uh, there's a, wor- a workbook uh, 
one that you can get, but there's also the book that you can get, but both have a portion in them where you write answers to different questions. Because I think as he's on this journey of realizing that his significance comes from Christ, not from other people, you really you really do have to process all these these assumptions that you've already made in your mind. And I remember when I went through this workbook many years ago, when I was going through anxiety and depression, this was a book that had a profound impact on me. It really helped me to realize some of these, these, these things that I did expect from people and that I was searching for validation, kind of not necessarily from Jesus, but from Dave and from other people in my life. And that I, you know, it, it, it made me realize kind of the value I have in Christ just being his child. And so I think Abba's child and the search for significance would be some great resources to kind of add to what he is doing right now. And it, it would be beneficial for you as well to kind of have a window into how he's wired because when you don't have that need, it's hard to understand why he feels the way he feels. And so it might be good as his spouse to kind of understand him a little bit better. But I just commend you on being such a supportive wife, on a wife that is pointing him to Christ. And, you know, I think that's just so awesome that you're on this journey with him. And that's what we're supposed to do as married people. We're supposed to be there as partners. You know, there's, we always say it's not his struggle or her struggle, it's our struggles, no matter what it is. And so I commend you as being, uh, for being just such a loving wife and for writing that question today. And I know so many people will be able to relate to that as well. Well, to end this, guys, I actually wanted to share with you some verses that have to do with discouragement. So to end our podcast, we don't always get to do this, but I wanna leave you with God's word. So I'm gonna share a few of these with you. In Isaiah 43, two, it says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. In Psalm 31, 24, it says, be strong and take heart all you who hope in the Lord. In Psalm 55, 22, it says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. In Psalm 121, it says, in my distress, I called the Lord and he answered me. And in Luke 12, six through seven, I love this. It says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than any than many sparrows. Wow, that is so powerful. God's word always, always brings peace to our soul. And it should be, I believe, the first place we turn along with prayer in those seasons of discouragement, as well as those seasons of joy in the mountaintop and the valley. God wants to walk with us through all of it. Guys, uh, thank you so much for, for listening. Uh, thank you for sending in your questions. Um, you can stay connected to us online. Uh, we're at Instagram at Dave and Ashley Willis. You can find us on Facebook just by searching the word marriage. And you can write us there and we will write you back. We love hearing from you uh, on social media and connecting with you that way. Uh, one additional book I'll add to the ones we've suggested today because Ashley won't do it, but I'll do it for her because she's got a great <laughs> new book called Peace Pirates about the things that steal our peace. And if you're dealing with discouragement and disappointment, I think that the message of that book could really really encourage you today. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, subscribing. Uh, when you guys subscribe and leave reviews, we read those as well. We appreciate everyone. It keeps us encouraged to keep going and it also helps others discover this podcast. So thank you so much for partnering with us. We love you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.